Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool center, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, a very good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA. You're with Peter Vlahos. Great to have your company on what's been a pretty warm day right throughout the state. Let's hope you've kept cool. Uh, a sign of things to come, actually, today. 41, the forecast top, also for your Friday and Saturday. So it's going to be a very hot weekend, I think around about 37, 38 for Sunday. But anyway, we've got through today and we've got a few other days to get through. It's not as if here in Western Australia... We're not accustomed to these sort of uh, heat conditions, but uh, do look after yourself and your pets and everybody around you. Uh, Tire Power's big brands, Better Buy Sale is on now. Some of the sports headlines, they're dropping late as well. The next big step in the establishment of Tasmania's AFL team has been locked in. Uh, Today it was confirmed that the AFL's 19th team will officially confirm its club name, colours, logo, and foundation jumper on March 18. In fact, over 6,000 Taswegians completed the survey and there was certainly a few community forums as well that gave the organisers and the people in charge of this process some pretty clear directions. And as was discussed on the run home, the Devils is widely regarded as the hot favourite to be the nickname of the club. I don't think it'll be the Devils. There you go. I've just got a sneaking suspicion that they will come left of centre. They will brand it to be a bit more contemporary, a bit more new age, a bit more for the now generation to get all maybe the young people that are following this Tasmanian AFL side a bit more engaged. The Devils has been around Tasmania for a long, long time. And we know it's been branded in various forums, uh, the Tassie Devils, whether it's sport, whether it's commas, whether it's anything. But I've just got a gut feeling it may be something else. All right. Um, give us your thoughts on that. Get on the text line 0487 736 736. Or you can give us a call. Love to hear from you on the Scarborough Toyota Osmond Park open line where they buy all makes and models they do. And they're in Scarborough Beach Road in Aussie Park. The number to call, 13 12 55. Uh, As I said, uh, some of the big stories today is the Tasmanian unveiling. We look forward to that. The other big story for mine is that the Paralympic and the Olympic Games of 2032 has hit a bit of a snag. Now, a senior Queensland government minister responsible for both the Olympic and Paralympic Games in 2032 has denied the event is on the nose in Brisbane. Now, there's been calls from an Olympic committee heavyweight to dump the $2.7 billion GABA redevelopment. In fact, in an interview with News Corp, the IOC 
Vice President John Coates, who we know very well, the Aussie, said he told the Independent Committee reviewing the game's master plan that we should abandon the Gabba. Now, Mr Coates has declined to speak, but his office has confirmed his comments are being accurately reported. Also, the Australian Olympic Committee President Ian Chesterman has supported calls to scrap the proposed Gabba redevelopment. Uh, believing there are more creative solutions available. On the back end of the Commonwealth Games being scrapped in regional Victoria, uh, a bit of an issue now for the 2013 Olympic Games. In fact, I saw a story uh, a short time ago saying that because it's such an economical drain on various people and various countries around the world, that it should go back to Greece. And Greece should host the games every four years, but there would be opportunities for other countries to be involved and not cop the huge expense solely that's involved in hosting an Olympic Games. It was mooted some years ago that maybe Greece, who has only hosted it twice in the modern Olympics and the founder of the Olympic Games, should maybe uh, be the mecca of the Olympic Games every four years. As we've seen... On a lesser scale, the MCG in Melbourne with the AFL Grand Final. Your thoughts on that? Like to hear from you on the temper text machine 0487 736 736. The other thing, happy birthday going out to Barry Hall. Turns 47 today. Big, bad Barry. Uh, as we know, great AFL player. A boxer as well. Yes, Brett Staker knows he had a pretty good right hook. Don't worry about that. The former Sydney Swans captain, and just recall, he was a captain of the Sydney Swans, uh, full forward. He led the team in their 2005 premiership win. As we know, he was suspended on many occasions in his career, and eventually on the 7th of July 2009, Hall announced his resignation as a Sydney player, and he acknowledged that his behaviour needed to change. As we know, he began his career with St Kilda, and ended his career at the Western Bulldogs. Uh, since then, he's certainly been involved in some other events. I know with Paul Gallen in the boxing ring, I think a few years ago, he went into that I'm a celebrity, get him, get me out of here series. So Barry's been around, but it got me thinking, there's no players like Barry Hall in the AFL anymore, is it? Not because he knocked out players, but that sort of rough and gruff sort of forward that really, I reckon opposition defenders really were uncomfortable marking up on. He was a very unique footballer, very talented football at the same time. But if he grabbed you or he hip and shouldered you, you knew it was Barry Hall because he had enormous power behind that body. You know, like Fraser Gehrig at uh, St Kilda, Jimmy's just knocked up. That sort of football does not exist anymore. In recent times, give us some other footballers that you enjoyed watching that their makeup doesn't exist anymore. Barry Hall's type of footballer doesn't exist anymore. Fraser Gehrig doesn't exist anymore. What are some of the other footballers? As we know, going back a long way, you know, the Warwick Kappa type footballer doesn't exist anymore because of the type of person he is. The Mark Jackson footballer doesn't exist anymore. Is there any others? 
Come on, uh, share some names with us. Get your thinking cap on, because I know the Sports Day WA listeners are pretty astute. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six, and give us an idea of some footballers that now just don't exist in modern-day football. Uh, those sports news headlines. So thanks to Tyre Power. You can visit your local Tyre Power store today for a free tyre safety inspection. There are over 50 stores across WA. Guess what? Guess what? I picked up my copy of the West Australian this morning and guess who was on the back page? Harley Reid. It's getting beyond a joke. And there was hardly even a story about Harley. I reckon the West just likes posting a photo of him on the back page. Now, this kid has not played a game. This kid has not kicked a football in anger here in the AFL. It's amazing the exposure. For whatever reason, the infatuation by not everybody, not everybody, but by the West Australian morning newspaper. And someone made a very good comment to me actually today. It'd be like water off a duck's back for him because young people don't read newspapers anymore. Brian, do you read a newspaper? No. Jimmy, do you read a newspaper? I suppose you have to for your job. But I know I've got young uh, children. They don't read newspapers. And I think I don't think Harley Reid would just sit down and read a newspaper, the 18-year-old. But the fact, I think he's been on the back page somewhere between 26 and 29 times. It is an absolute joke. I can't believe it. Surely... Surely there is something a bit more worthy in Australian sport or West Australian sport to maybe puncture in between Harley Reid some other back page picks. Surely. And if, we, if there isn't, then sport in WA is in a very sorry state of affairs. The infatuation with Harley Reid is gone beyond a joke by our morning newspaper. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. We're going to speak to a gentleman who's involved in a player management company and deals with a lot of young people, and I'm going to ask his opinion on the Harley Reid focus, the spotlight that has been so intense on the young fella from Victoria. That's coming up next here on Sports Day WA. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, it's great to have you company, Peter Vlahos with you. Open lines there for you. Okay, I've gone out and given my opinion on uh, Harley Reid. I feel sorry for the young fellow. The open line for Scarborough Toyota, they buy all makes and models. Scarborough Beach Road, Aussie Park is 13, 12, 55. Uh, there's a couple of footballers like Barry Hall that you wouldn't see anymore because Barry is celebrating his 47th birthday today. Ronnie Boucher, Stephen Michael are two footballers that would be too tough for today's footy according to Alex. So come and uh, tell me more. Uh, 0487 736 736. This guy wasn't a bad footballer, played at the West Coast Eagles and in recent times has been involved uh, in uh, certainly nurturing and looking after some of the young West Australian talent. He's the WA Talent ID Manager and works for TLA. Uh, Jason Dover also uh, is the man behind TLA. One of their products, of course, is Nathan Fife. But Andrew Lockyer, former West Coast Eagles forward, joins us on the program. Uh, Andrew, thanks for your time. 
G'day, Pete. How are you? I'm very well. Now, you've had a lot to do with young footballers, both that, that have been picked up in the draft, that have been certainly focused on the draft. Uh, you've been involved in the WA underage teams as well, uh, coaching and involvement with that. I went on before the break that I'm just wondering how Harley Reid is handling all this publicity, particularly from one news source, the morning newspaper. And again today, he was on the back page of the West Australian with really a nothing story. How do you think the young kid is handling it all? Well, I uh, I listen to you on the way around. I think I probably concur a bit. Probably the younger generation these days. I, I think don't think the media and stuff in paper is relevant to them anymore. You know, they're more on the social networks and so forth. Look, he's uh, he certainly has been very high profile for a for a young man who's just coming into his uh, AFL career and starting off. And uh, look, is it a bit over the top? Possibly, possibly, but. Maybe from where West Coast is sitting at me, you know, what what's happened in the last couple of years, you know, this is a sort of a good news story for them. So as much as they can, obviously, and I don't think it's their doing. You know, obviously, journalists have their have their role to play, and um, yeah, he's certainly been promoted pretty heavily. Uh, it's interesting. I spoke to West Coast today, and I spoke to somebody within the West Coast Eagles, and they too feel it's just been over the top to the point of being ridiculous. Mm. They're certainly not driving it as a club. Certainly this individual that I spoke to within the inner sanctum of the West Coast Eagles confirmed that to me today that this is not being mm. driven at all by the West Coast Eagles. They'd be happy if it sort of just tapered off a bit. If he was your product, Locke, and you've got certainly some high-profile footballers in your stable at TLA, what would you t- mm. be telling uh, the young product who at the moment... Uh, it appears everybody uh, knows about him, yet he's yet to play a game of AFL footy. Yeah, look, he, he just provide enough support behind the system to make sure he's handling it and and working with West Coast as well to make sure that hey, you know, all this is you can't control this noise. All that you can try can control is about your performance on the track and then what you do game day. And uh, I think that's where the focus. For probably Adam Simpson is, is as well. You know, all this stuff with the media and that, you just can't control it. So you just got to worry about what you can do. Training track, looking after your body, preparing yourself. And um, and he's in an infancy of learning. What's this AFL? The, the kid can play. Mm. So there's no doubt the kid can play. But it's about he's got to learn now the AFL system, what, you know, what, what's expected, what's the training like. So he's, you know, he's trying to get his head around that. So I think... You know that's why the West Coast would be, you know, you know, working with him at the moment, saying, "Hey, you can't control this media. We'll try to control as much as we can, but all you got to control is about preparing, training, mm. getting ready to play." It's interesting, actually, and I was thinking about this. You know, Adam Simpson's coming out and said he will be certainly uh, nurtured uh, during the course of the season. Mm. He won't play every game. They'll manage him and they'll look yeah. after him. Um, Everybody's got an opinion now, and I suppose it comes with the territory of being the number one draft pick. But the weight of expectation on Harley Reid is enormous at this point in time. And I reckon at the other end now, there's been a bit of publicity about Nat Fife, which is in your stable at TLA. The weight of expectation, because yeah. everyone's saying he's never trained better than the last few years where he's, of course, had injury concerns. So the weight of expectation for Dockers supporters will be quite high on Nathan Fife, but he's won two Brownlow medals. Now, we're talking about Harley Reid, who has yet to play an AFL game. 
Would you play him in round one or would you ease him into the West Coast Eagles over maybe a two or three week period? Because if he plays oh. round one or do you play him in the very first home game for the West Coast Eagles? Because, okay, people will come to see him, but if he doesn't have a good game, then all of a sudden that pressure is compounded and the expectations are compounded as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good question. You know, and the only one that can be answered at selection is that is he in their best 22? If, if the answer is yes, you know, Mickey Malthouse used to have a phone saying, once you walk through the door, your birth certificate goes out the door. Mm. And if you're good enough to play, you play. And I can remember Glenn Jakovic coming in as a 18 year old and he slotted straight into the team. You know, and Jacko had a great career. So I think if they're good enough, they'll find their way. And this kid is really, really good. It's where what exposure he gets when he starts playing and where you expose him. And um, I certainly don't think you'll see him probably play midfield straight up. I think the you know I think Simo and what they're trying to do is that it's probably easy get the ball in front of him, play him off half back so he can get the tempo right, and play a bit of defensive football. But then certainly use his weapons that he's got when when West Coast have got the ball. So look, if he's in their best 22, you got to play him. But then again, Chris Judd didn't Juddy not play his first? You know, played with East Perth maybe for one game. But that's that right. And, yeah, East Perth he made came him. In, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's spoken by a true East Perth person. So, uh, <laughs> that's right. He played one game in East Perth. Yeah, yeah. I think there's lots of exciting things about West Coast, and you know, Harley's one part of it. I think you look at Ruben Jimby, how he's going. Look what Elijah Hewitt. I know he's injured at the moment, but what he produced at the back end of the year. And the other kid that they drafted this year, young Reed, who's a tall 200 centimetre forward, he could be something special as well. Mm. It's just mm. going to be seen in time how he gets. So I think there's lots of good stories that have, you know West Coast have, have got going at the moment. Certainly they're going to be probably uh, a few years away from being really highly competitive, but they're going to be, you know, the, the young kids are going to be really good. Mm. And you've had to do a lot with young men, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Would it be fair to say that they've got to grow up very quickly when they get into the AFL system? Because as we know, sometimes young men take a few years to mature. And the AFL system is a bit unforgiving at certain stages. You know, you look at everyone looks at, you know, say, a Nat Fife or a Paddy Cripps and, and these guys, you know, their longevity and what they've done, you know, JK, how long he played in the game. But for every one of those, there's those guys that only last two or three years. So, you know, for a young guy coming in, yeah, they've got to mature pretty quickly. They've got to show that they can stay in the system, that they can play, and there's some, there's going to be some light at the end of the tunnel because as quick as the system takes you in, it does spit you out pretty quickly as well. So I think support mechanisms for younger people these days, and especially young players these days, is, is, is really paramount. So as they come into the system, but as they exit the system, you know, I think the AFL is improving that. And I think clubs are really working hard at that to make sure that, you know, these kids, because there's a big change, you know, a lot of them 18 years old, never travelled. And I know Harley's probably the prime example, coming out of you know, mm. country Victoria, playing with his friends, with his mum, being home, all of a sudden he's, you know, three or 4,000 k's away on a... In another city, he doesn't know anyone. He's playing footy and the demands of footy, but also life itself can be pretty daunting for a kid. So, yeah, that's why clubs now are heavily investing in their uh, welfare departments.
Yeah, fair call. Andrew Lockyer is joining us, former West Coast Eagle, now involved as the WA Talent ID Manager at TLA with the likes of uh, Jason Dover and co. Uh, Lockyer, just a couple of final questions. Uh, what is the talent pool like in Western Australia heading into 2024? I think it's, uh, it's, it's not bad. I think we've got a few rough diamonds there that people, you know, uh, don't know about it as yet. But, um, yeah, we've got some exciting prospects coming through. Um, one of your old um, players from East Perth, you know, Rocky Jarine. He's young. Oh, right, yes. And, yeah, 200 centimetre key forward ruck. And, you know, I think the kid can really, really play. Yeah, Claremont have got a number of kids, you know, uh, Cody Angove and uh, Will Hayes and Austin Vanderstrife. You know, they're three really quick midfielders, forwards. You know, actually, Cody Angove could be likened to a young Nat Fife, actually. So, mm-hmm. um, so there's some exciting kids coming around, and I think the uh, the talent is out there. You just, uh, it's going to be, have to be nurtured. And uh, but Victoria, from all accounts, there's, there's a lot of talent coming out of Victoria this, for this draft in 2024. And finally, how do you think your former club's going to go? That is the West Coast Eagles uh, this season. Oh, look, I think uh, they've obviously had lots of change, and uh, you know, uh, Trevor Nisbet was fantastic for our footy club, and what what he's done for our footy club over so many years is is, is you know, uh, I don't think anyone can thank him enough for what he did and, and what he did for a WA football. But uh, but Pikey's come in, uh, I really think Pikey's going to uh, do really well in that position. He's well rounded. He was a terrific football and he's been a great administrator in his own business and that. So, look, I think the club's on the right path. I think we've just got to be patient. We have a lot of young kids there and uh, I uh, I think we're probably two or three years away from being, yeah, probably even more, three or four years away from being super competitive towards the top eight. Hopefully it's quicker than that, but that's where I see it at the moment. Andrew Lockyer, always lovely to have a chat to you. Thanks for joining us on the program here on SEN Sports Day WA this afternoon, and we'll keep in touch. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Pete, and thanks to SEN and your support of WA football. We all do appreciate it. Uh, thank you, mate. Uh, there you go. Andrew Lockyer joining us on the program. Interesting little insight into the psyche of uh, young people and young footballers. I'd like to get your thoughts uh, on the Harley Reid situation, the exposure that certainly the West have given him. I, I just think they've gone too far. Uh, there's a comment here, the West Australian is a something rag. I won't mention that. Uh, Norman Cowell says, G'day, Pete. The problem with the Daily WA paper is the monopoly of the one-eyed eagle supporter, Mr Stokes. Is he? Oh, OK. The media mogul, and they write what he wants to see. Oh, I don't know about that, but that's Norm's opinion. But as I said, I just reckon they've gone too far. You know, in the end, it gets monotonous. I'm not sure it's selling more newspapers, seeing Harley Reid on the back of the West Australian almost 30 times. Uh, in, since he's been drafted. Anyway, that's just my opinion. I feel for the kid uh, and I feel for the uh, the weight of expe- expectation that he's on his shoulders. And uh, let's hope uh, that he does become what everybody hopes he will become, a great addition and a great footballer for many years for the West Coast Eagles. All right, it's 26 past five. We're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. There was a young kid growing up in Gosnells uh, many years ago. Well, not that many years ago. He played Australian rules football, keep getting injured. He keep hurting his shoulder. Uh, and in the end, at the age of 18, he thought, no, I can't continue playing Australian rules football uh, because of the problems I've got with my shoulders. And then all of a sudden, alongside a few of his friends, he connected with an organisation called Pro Kick Australia. And then he was invited to a training centre 
in Melbourne that converts Australian rules players into gridiron football punters. His name is Mitch Wisnowski. He plays for the San Francisco 49ers. He'll be uh, front and centre as the punter uh, in Super Bowl 58 against the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday morning our time in Viva Las Vegas. We speak to the man after the break that has basically been part and parcel of the rise of Mitch Wisnowski. He joins us next here on Sports Day WA. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, it's great to have you come, the, come and join us on the uh, text line 0487 736 736. Darren says, Pete, really interesting topic. I have not read one headline. Did not get the paper about Harley. Have been more interested in finding out about Jinby, Long and Hall. The most I hear about the WA media obsession comes from the Eastern States journalists, obviously by Sam Edmonds' comment, and I quote, I've got fatigue through those 27 front and back pages. Well, he is reading. Perhaps the West knows how to cater for those reading. Uh, don't quite get the final line. But anyway, Darren, thanks for that. Yeah, so even in the Eastern States, they've uh, taken note of it. It's just become a bit over the top. Anyway, let's talk to uh, a gentleman who has been such an integral part of giving, for the most part, Australian rules footballers a second opportunity at a professional sport on the other side of the world. We're talking about uh, the NFL, Gridiron, as it's uh, affectionately known in, in these parts. And there is a young fella from Gosnells, born and bred in Gosnells uh, in 1992, that'll be front and centre for the San Francisco 49ers in Super Bowl 58 on Monday morning our time. By the way, broadcast on the SEN Network with Jared Waitley and Ben Graham. He played Australian rules football, but he joins us now because he's got a very, very good organisation, nurturing a good prospective young talent in Nathan Chapman. Nathan, thanks for your time. Uh, thanks for having me on, mate. I uh, appreciate your time. I gather you're packing a few things because you're heading to Las Vegas shortly. Yeah, yeah. I um, yeah, leave tomorrow. Got a, a week's training with a few guys coming out of college, but uh, got surprised with a phone call from, from Mitch um, saying he had a ticket for me to go to the uh, Super Bowl. So super excited. Yeah, we're quite excited. The boy from Gosnells, uh, Mitchell Wisnowski, uh, as we know, born and bred in Western Australia and, of course, uh, chased his dream, I think, back in about 2014, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, actually. Um he uh, moved moved house, came to Melbourne for a while, did our program there, Pro Kick, and uh, we sent him off to a great college in Utah, which um, yeah worked out really well for him. He loved that. But I'll tell you what, he does look, he does love his Perth. He does love getting back there too. It's sort of a bit of a nothing like going home, and he talks about it all the time. But he is married, I believe, and I think he's got uh, one daughter. Is that correct? Yeah, got a daughter and another one on the way. So uh, times have moved on with him, and he's started his family. Um, yeah, wonderful wife in Maddie, and she looks after him as best she can. Um, but, yeah, really supportive in what he does and obviously uh, gets to enjoy the the games along the way. And certainly she'll be there and the kids will be there on the on the weekend. So a uh, pretty special moment for him. He played Aussie Rules footy. I think he incurred a few injuries. And then he found your organisation, Pro Kick Australia. How did the transition happen for Mitch? Uh, well, look, he's a pretty good athlete. 
um, pretty gifted in a number of different sports. Also played a bit of soccer, loves his volleyball. So just generally love being around the ball. Um, and he could certainly kick it a long way. So when we got some film of him kicking a ball out in the park, um, you know, it was pretty evident for us to make sure that we uh, convinced him as such to uh, to come to Melbourne and uh, I guess take a you know take a stab in the dark or a punt and um, and get involved with something that he didn't really know too much about. But you know, we we'd had a few guys go to America prior, and um, and that was enough for him to say uh, that he was all in. So uh, yeah, we thank him for trusting us in that part of his journey. And then um, it was certainly a pleasure to train because, you know, he was very good at what he did, paid attention and um, and worked really hard. So uh, that allowed us to do our job pretty simply. Of course, he is the uh, punter for the San Francisco 49ers in the big one, Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas on Monday morning our time. Did you expect him to get to the level that he's achieved? Uh, yeah, there's all, in any pro sport, it's pretty tough to get to the top. And there's in the NFL, there's only 32 jobs in the world. So um, what we did know was we knew he had the calibre to do it. We knew he had the ability and the determination. Um, but certainly you still have to put everything together in, in your college career to get noticed by those the NFL teams, uh, which he did. He won the Ray Guy Award. Um, he's, he was a bit of a standout at college. So we knew he'd get the the recognition by the end of it and um yeah to be to picked up in the I think the fourth round of the in the draft that year certainly set him up to um you know go in and cement his place as being one of the top punters in the league which which he's done for a couple of years. I believe he signed a four year contract with the 49ers in I think it was about April 2019. So I gather he signed another one after that. Yeah, he um just last year, um, just before last season, he signed a, an extension there to his contract. Um, got a nice little pay packet, but um, it's well-deserving. Um, a credit to him for putting all that hard work in and, um, you know, sort of a, a, can allow you to sort of settle in and, um, you know, concentrate on your football. But, it's a, you know, it's a, a weekly game. There's always someone barking on your heels, so you, you've got to perform, um, and which he's done really well. I think he's been super solid this year in his statistics. He's... His placement and his kicks going in, uh, making it difficult for the punt returners to catch has been exceptional. So I know the 49ers uh, really value what he does. Uh, I was fortunate to work with with Mitch and the 49ers in uh, May, June of, I guess, what would be last year, the start of their preseason um, for this, you know, for this campa- campaign, and took a took a great amount of, um, you know, satisfaction being able to watch him work on his day-to-day basis, so it was pretty cool. As we know, he's no foreigner to the Super Bowl. He went to, I think, Super Bowl 54 when the 49ers lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, I think 31-20, to and he punted twice. He was there as a rookie. Uh, what do you think he took out of that experience heading into the game on Monday morning our time? Yeah, it was an interesting one because back then he was actually doing the kickoff. So he didn't... He didn't do too many kickoffs during his college career, even though he could do it. And so, for um, you know, I remember talking to him after the game, or even watching the game. And for for me personally, for him to know that, you know, he started a Super Bowl by by running down and kicking the ball off. He said it was one of the most brilliant moments that he's ever felt. But he also did say he literally almost fell over running in because his knees were wobbling that much because <laughs> he, knew, he, knew, he knew it was a pretty important kick. 
you know, it's an exciting time and, you know, there's a countdown and then someone has to kick that ball off. So uh, some pretty cool moments have happened for him. Um, but he's taken a lot out of it, been around that environment, a couple more years of uh, development and um, and now obviously they're, they're back there. They're pretty well set, pretty determined, I think, to make amends for the last one that they were in, again, against Kansas, who are a pretty good team. Before we come back to the big event on Monday morning that will be broadcast on the SEN network with the likes of Jared Waitley and Ben Graham, your story's an interesting one. Of course, you played at Brisbane, you played at Hawthorne. How did the opening come up for you back in the day of around about, what, 20 years ago? Yeah, I looked at the, um, it was, I always felt like I could kick a ball and um, I was in the AFL and I'd uh, been across to the US and watched the game and uh, uh, Darren Bennett was playing for the San Diego Chargers and um, I just thought one day, you know, maybe that's something I could do after the AFL because I enjoyed my kicking and uh, literally when, yeah, when the time come to, to finish up playing at uh, Brisbane and Hawthorne, I just put my, I guess, my thoughts into, you know, what else could I do? And that was kicking a football. So I went down to the park three days a week um, started learning how to how to punt. Took a couple of trips to the US to get some coaching, and then came back and sort of went for it. And ended up with a a contract at the Green Bay Packers. Um, spent eight months there, and that's sort of what got me into it. So it was a bit of a you know I'd thought about it for a few years, um, but I didn't realise that I'd end up you know sort of spending the next twenty sort of in the industry, which is uh, which is fun and I'm really thankful for. There's been Aaron Sipos, who played, as we know, at St Kilda. Max Duffy, who we saw fleetingly here at uh, Fremantle. And a couple of others as well, even going back to Sav Rocker. Were you involved in all their attempts to break into the NFL? Uh, no, I'd, I'd been across um, I'd been across just before uh, Ben Graham and Sav Rocker went across. So um, we, it was quite interesting times. Again, prodigious kicks of the football and um, yeah, had great careers in the NFL. So, um, yeah, that was that was all happening around the same time. They were maybe one, two years after I'd, um, I'd sort of finished and decided to start up Pro Kick. So it's been a really good you know, journey for me to get into it. It was a tough road. There's, you know, a lot of work went into where we are today, getting, getting guys scholarships to America. Um, but certainly, you know, certainly been uh, pretty happy to, to roll along that journey. A couple of final questions is people love searching for opportunities and young people always look for challenges. And America now is sort of infiltrating, as we see it in the AFL, a lot of the Americanisms are now becoming part of Australian rules football. Do you see more and more uh, Australians maybe coming, knocking on your door to see if there is a pathway for them to explore the NFL, which is, as we know, a significant and mega event in the United States of America? Uh, yeah, there are more and more because again, it's 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 just another opportunity for them to um, to chase a dream. Um, look, we do it for even though we see Mitch and a number of guys. Uh, we've got four or five guys in the NFL at the moment. Um, we'll have 85 to 90 players um, playing college this season. So um, you know, we've done over 270 full scholarships. You know, academic scholarships worth about. 18 or 19 million dollars. So, if you think about the opportunity to go to America, travel, 
play football, get educated, um, come back with a degree, don't have a hex set. Um, it's pretty special. And I think I think the world of, you know, social media and I guess, you know, I think Aussies like to travel and, and young men, you know, they're looking for for good things to do with their lives. Well, you know, this has sort of become something that's, I guess, become really well known now um, and a really, you know, good opportunity for them to go across and explore the world. Mm. So uh, we're, getting pl- we're getting plenty of calls. There's lots of opportunity for guys at college, but, you know, it's also not easy to just go across and kick a ball at college. There's a fair bit of work that goes into the program, and they'll probably train for 12 or 14 months. Um, So there's a fair bit to learn um, before they get that opportunity. So, um, yeah, we're getting more and more calls, though. Love going to Perth. Had some great ones. Uh, I'll be training Lou Headley. Lou Headley's another Perth lad. Um, I'll be training him um, Saturday morning. Uh, Played his first season with the New Orleans Saints after four years at Miami. Um, So... Yeah, we've got some some great success there, and obviously Max Duffy, Ray Guy winner. So yeah, it's a a great spot, Old Perth. Yes, of course. Lou Lou came from the Peel Thunder Football Club. That's right. Uh, So we wish him the best of luck. I think he signed with New Orleans, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, just completed his first season with New Orleans. Yeah, good stuff. How do you see Super Bowl Fifty Eight going Monday morning? Which way you're leaning? I gather you'd love the Forty Niners to beat the Chiefs because. Mitch, as we know, is part of the, the 49ers and you're pretty much connected to him. Yeah, um, I, you know, I've, I've often thought about, you know, who's my favourite team and I'm going to say, I'd probably say the 49ers are them. So I'll have a Mitch Wisniewski jersey on. I'll be barracking pretty hard um, and I'm, pretty, I'm looking forward to making amends from, from the last one. So, uh, you know, I'll catch up with Mitch after the game and, and his family. So excited by that. So uh, let's hope, hope they're in a good mood and... And, uh, and they're all excited after having a win. His mum and dad will be going and flying over. I know that was a bit of an article in the paper today. And I know they have not missed a match, regardless of what time it's been in the early hours of the morning here in Perth, Western Australia. Let's hope it's a fairy tale uh, story for our very own product from the uh, Gosnells area here in Western Australia. Thanks for joining us, Nathan. Safe travels and congratulations on your program. It's certainly very, very exciting and you're producing... Great opportunities uh, for young individuals to play in the NFL. Uh, thanks, Pete. I look forward to getting back over and holding some more assessment days over there. Love the place myself. Thanks for your time. <laughs> no worries. Good on you, Nath, uh, about Mitch Wisnowski. Wish him all the best. By the way, as we go to the break, uh, it appears that the Super Bowl is not just about football. It's the spectacle of entertainment this year. And betting markets are jumping on board, fellas. Betting markets. Have a look at this. Will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift? Yeah, odds for yes is $10. Odds for no, $1.07. Uh, so, in other words, he won't. Number of times that Taylor Swift will be shown during Super Bowl 58 game. Odds for over seven and a half times, $1.66. And odds for under seven and a half times, $2.10. Travis Kelsey to win the Super Bowl MVP. And thank Taylor Swift first in the speech. Uh, that's at $26, by the way. And will the Super Bowl MVP mention Taylor Swift in his speech? Odds for yes, $7. Odds for no, $1.08. So there's a market happening. There's a market happening. Oh, God, the world's gone crazy. Uh, it's coming up 14 to 6. This is Sports Day WA for Toolbar, the complete tool centre. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day.
It's been a good week. Uh, very shortly, I'll go out with my highlight of the week. Okay, my highlight of the week is coming up in just a moment. Uh, text zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. You've got a couple of minutes to maybe uh, throw up what my highlight of the week will be. I've got a couple of tickets actually to Eternal MMA, which is happening on I think it's Saturday night. So if you're keen to go to that, I've got a couple of hundred dollar tickets uh, to go to Eternal MMA. We just need to come pick them up here from. Maybe SEN tomorrow. Um, hi, Pete and team. This is from Lisa. Another great show this week. Pete, cannot believe the excuse the AFL are using to justify my keeping the rule teams having to nominate a player to ruck during the game. They're saying that players and umpires can get hurt if any player goes up for the ruck. What's your opinion and what's your what's the option, Peter? Uh, it's a question mark from Lisa. I think I mentioned it about yesterday. Um yeah, I, they're just trying to keep it clean. They're trying to sanitise it, Lisa. I think we've discussed it quite a bit. Where before, you know, the ball used to bounce and they used to come from every which way to contest the, the ruck duel. Now it's a case of nomination. The umpire saying, I'm backtracking that way or going in that direction. Uh, that you make sure they point it out to the players so there's no collisions. It's just all part of uh, keeping it clean and, of course, the risk of players getting injured or bumping into each other. Um for Nutrigen Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers, just recapping the big stories uh, in the last hour or so. The next big step in the establishment of Tasmania's AFL team has uh, been locked in. It'll happen on March 18. Uh, the AFL's 19th team will officially confirm its club name, colours, logo and foundation jumper. So that's happening on March 18. Uh, the other news is uh, a now a senior Queensland government minister responsible for the 2032 Olympic and Paralympic Games has denied the event is on the nose in Brisbane after calls from the Olympic Committee heavyweight, and that is John Coates, who's the IOC vice president, to dump, D-U-M-P, dump, the $2.7 billion Gabba redevelopment. So there's some issues there regarding the Olympics in Brisbane in 2032. 41 degrees tomorrow. It's going to be a hot one tomorrow and also on Saturday, another 41-degree day. So here's a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepare this bushfire season. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Visit dfes.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to new Firecoat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions and available at Bunnings Warehouse. Um, yeah, that's the show, basically. And don't forget, uh, you still time to join the Red Army this NBL season. They're heading into the playoffs by becoming a Perth Wildcats member today. Just check it out on their website. Now, the highlight for me during the week has nothing to do with sport, okay? Nothing to do with sport. I reckon there was a piece at the Grammy Awards the other night that just encapsulated... Everything. It brought generations together. It brought people to tears. It was so emotive. Tracy Chapman, who back in 1989 had that track, Fast Car, which won Record of the Year, was nominated for Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and she won the Best Female Pop Vocal Performance in 1989. Luke Combs, who's a very high-profile country music singer, uh, used to hear that song as a kid. His dad used to play it in his car when they were driving around town. And uh, one of his wishes was to perform that song, which he did, I think, on his latest album. Uh, but they got Tracy Chapman, in some ways out of exile, Luke Combs together 
to perform Fast Car. It was just a great moment, and it's uh, reverberated around the world as one of, if not the greatest Grammy moment for many, many years. I'll leave you with uh, a bit of that. Uh, Have a great weekend. See you Monday. Somewhere, any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Me, myself, I got nothing to prove. You got a fast car, and I got a plan. Inside of here, been working at the convenience store. Managed to save just a little bit of money Won't have to drive too far 